All right, welcome back to another episode of Liberty Alliance Network's What Can We Do? I'm Haley Heathman. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Jim Gale. Jim is the chief storyteller at Food Forest Abundance and Freedom Farm Academy, and he is on a mission to build free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. It is his vision to have food forests growing in every community and in every yard around the world. And he wants to see food forests everywhere because food forests mean freedom. And I cannot wait to dig into what all that means. So Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Haley. It's wonderful to be here. It was great to meet you. I believe it was just last Thursday at that, uh, that event. And what I'm going to share with your audience today is not the hypothetical solution to anything. It's the proven, demonstrable solution to all of it, to all of the world's biggest problems. And that's a big claim. And I'm going to prove the claim and your audience will recognize the truth of this claim. And I'm talking about the solution to mass extinction and deforestation, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, the solution to world hunger and the solution, most of all, to tyranny because tyranny is the cause of all of those other problems. When we take our power back, starting with our food supply and taking the poisons out of our system, we defeat the evil that is destroying the world right now. I, I love it, I love it. Those are some, some big claims and I can't wait to, to hear uh, more about it, but I wanna start at the beginning. So I love that you call yourself, you're not a CEO, you're the chief storyteller. So tell me what that means and then tell us your story about how you got to where you are today, promoting food forests and, and, and Freedom Farm Academies across the globe. Yeah. So it started about 16 years ago. I was living in Costa Rica. I had a mortgage company that had done about $1.3 billion in revenue in three and a half years, starting from scratch. And I bought a boat, lived on the ocean for a year, and then I moved to Costa Rica. And I was a complete sheeple at that time. In fact, I've learned since then that there's layers of sheepleness. And I'm probably still completely ignorant and controlled in some layers. In fact, I know I am. And that knowing is beautiful because that means I search for where I am ignorant, right? There's evil and there's stupid and there's ignorant. We can't do much for stupid and we can do everything we can to fight evil. But ignorance is where we can all make a change. So in my ignorance, um, I was told that 9-11 was an inside job and I laughed and I laughed with a touch of sarcasm because I believed that the people that were telling me this were really freaking crazy. In fact, it was an interesting story. I was in central Costa Rica in a town called San Isidro and we would get together with expats and we would just shoot the shit. And there was about eight or nine expats sitting around this table. One was a former CIA agent, at least he said so. The other one was a former New York cop. There was an artist, a teacher, a, a homeless guy, and then a couple of other people, and my dad, who was a retired pipe fitter. And we were all telling stories. And one of the guys at the end of the table was also a drug dealer. He, would, he got caught flying a plane from Costa Rica to Panama. The plane went down with a bunch of drugs. And anyway, amazing, eclectic group of people. And the people at the end of the table said, Jim, 9-11 was an inside job. And I laughed. I said, that's impossible. There's no way something so big could have been carried out without people knowing about it. Well, I didn't understand compartmentalization. 
at the time, I didn't know that the Rothschilds and Rockefellers and the Morgans of the world had purchased and controlled all of the media. I didn't realize that we were complete programmed NPCs for the most part, non-player characters in this game of life. And the one thing I did do, and the one thing I've always been for is being an open mind, having an open mind, being able to take in new information. And so they said, Jim, watch this show. It was Zeitgeist. I went and watched that show. I probably watched it 50 times <laughs> over the following four or five years. It changed my world because it made sense. And all of my questions about why there were wars everywhere, why there were poisons, why all these things were happening, were basically answered in that show. So that's my first touch of it. I've been rambling for a while, so <laughs> that was it. That, well, so there's a, 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 I forgot to mention, I guess we should, the show could have, should have come with a trigger warning for some people, you know, like we're, we're going to be dropping some red pills around here, maybe some truth bombs and uh, some things you might uh, disagree with or be uh, taken aback about, but uh, so bear with us. Like you said, have it, have an open mind because, um, you know, you might learn something uh, and it might take you down a couple rabbit holes. So then um, tell me, lead, lead me into how, how you, did you have a background? I mean, you came from mortgages. So how did you go from mortgages to farms? So what happened next is I had had my first two daughters and everybody with parents recognizes that when we have kids, our worlds change. For the first time in my life, there was something more important than me in my life. Right? I was not the most important thing to me anymore. My kids were. And at the same time, I learned permaculture, which means permanent culture, which is a it started out as an agricultural design science that literally has demonstrated the solution to all the world's biggest problems for many, many decades. And when you put those three things together, I became incredibly passionate. Not only did I know the problem to some degree, but I also saw the solution. And then a few quotes that uh, speak to concepts were very present. One is Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill studied the most successful manifestors in the history of the world. And after a lifetime of studying these manifestors, Napoleon deducted whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. This is also biblical. It's also spiritual. It's the law of attraction. It's all these different narratives speak to the same thing. And I made it my life's pursuit to strategically, tactically bring the solutions to the world, which was already happening, but I'm going to do everything in my power because of my love for my kids and this amazing planet to bring these solutions to the world. And that's when this whole idea was born. And interestingly, at the time I had about, I had made about $20 million in pers personal income and my pursuit began in the obsession and the scarcity of it. In a way, it was fear-based because I saw the problems. I went down every freaking rabbit hole that I could go down to see which ones are BS, which ones are true to the best of my ability to discern truth from falsehood. So then I, I lost all my money. I, I didn't lose it. I invested it in the solution in the best way that I possibly could until about two years ago. And that's when everything changed. 
from obsession and scarcity to a joyful obsession, a joyful play, recognizing for the first time, profoundly recognizing that this is a temporary experience. Jim Gale is the character in a game and that we are here to bring about abundance. We're here to defeat this evil that is so pervasive in our world today. And the question, the next logical question is how? How do we defeat that evil? And that's been our obsession. My obsession now is going global. In fact, in the last 23 months, we've went from two people full time to now we are helping people in 52 countries and 49 states, helping them grow food. That's awesome. That's yeah. And, and I think we all have a journey. We all have a story uh, that we can tell about how we got to where we are today. Mine started back in 2010 where, you know, I've kind of been in the libertarian space. And then I, you know, it wasn't my red pill, but I definitely went down that 9-11 path, you know, and I watched Building 7 collapse. And, you know, and I was surprised because, well, actually it was like, however, you know, 12, 10 years after the fact, and I didn't even know there was a Building 7. They never mention it, ever. They they conveniently leave it out. There is no Building 7. that You just need to know, know about the, the, the one and two or whatever. Never mention the fact that a third building that was not hit by a plane collapse at free fall speed into its own footprint. Yeah. They, 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 when you talk about media narratives and, and how they shape art, well, that's part of it. You know, they just, they, it's, it's lies by omission, maybe not lies of commission, although they're getting more brazen about that now these days, but previously it was a lot more of lies of omission. So let's, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go off and come back, but let's come back to then so you answered one of my questions. You started talking, because I've heard this term thrown around a lot, permaculture. Well, what is permaculture? And, and then also, what is exactly, what is a food forest? Yeah, a food forest. And I am in, I'm at Galt's Landing after John Galt from Atlas Rugged. And I am in the midst of a food forest right now, all around me. It's simply a perennial edible landscape, a landscape that is designed to be the most functional Right. So when we look at our HOA landscapes and the 44 million acres of lawn in the United States alone, 44 million acres of a crop that takes more pesticides, more chemicals and more human resources than any other crop. And it does not provide food. And, and then you look at the 900 million acres of agricultural land in the United States. 900 million is incomprehensible. And that implies that it takes about three acres or two and a half acres per person in the United States to feed them. The whole system is a lie. The whole system is backwards and it is not by accident. It's by design, right? It's a control mechanism. In fact, Henry Kissinger 50 years ago said, if you want to control people, control food, right? This is the mechanism of control of the slave control their resources, do not let them become self-reliant through coercion and manipulation and force and violence, and then they continue to be the slave master. So when we simply use our HOA land, our resources, our properties wisely on a quarter acre using perennial edible landscape and permaculture techniques, which is basically a reflection of nature and or God's design, when we stack it properly, we can easily feed our families on a quarter acre all of the food that we need to thrive. Yeah, and you got you got it. I'm living in HOA hell right now, so you're you're hitting you're hitting me like you know dagger to the heart, and I know it. 
And God, I feel, you know, I want to get out of here. It's going to be a couple of years, but you know, and I had to go through last year where, uh, you know, my sod, the, the weeds started popping up. I couldn't save it. It just, it just turned to hell. And then I had to spend a couple grand, you know, getting more sod. And then now, because I've got new sod, now I have to put all the stupid chemical treatments on it. And I feel awful. I'm like, God, this is, this is, this is, I've got a three-year-old. I mean, you know, I want her to play in the grass and like, I feel bad. Like, God, what is she getting on her skin? What is she, you know, imbibing and everything? And I know that there's a better way. I just don't know, like living in an HOA. And this is the question, you know, like, can you, can, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on the HOA, but you're talking about even within an HOA, sometimes you can still get away with having a food forest. Is that true? Not true? So there's several things that I want to speak to. One is the poisons and poison producers to expose the poison producers and the poisons is number one, because what's sprayed on your lawn um, in fact, I, we're True Green. True Green is one of the nation's largest criminal evil enterprises. Yeah, right? And so I was on a call the other day and somebody was talking about the poisons, the carcinogens, proven known carcinogens in the True Green and the, the sprays. I mean, a lot of bad shit in there. And so I looked up who owns True Green and I find I uh, found a company with a bunch of lawyer names realized that it was one of the largest investment, no, one of the oldest investment firms in the world. Then I intuited, I bet they are part of BlackRock. So I typed in, are they part of BlackRock? Sure enough, they are, because that's the head of the snake. BlackRock is not only the name, but it's the intention of the entity that is destroying our planet, trying to turn us from this incredible world of life and colors and diversity, this symphony of life into death, right? That's their intention. By their deeds, you shall know them. So anyway, um, that's one thing. The other thing is the design process that we do at Food Forest Abundance. We have incredible designers. The permaculture design process turns those landscapes from death to life by making them beautiful so the HOAs will say yes, that will enhance because what they're worried about is lowering the value of their neighbor's land, right? So when we design it to be beautiful and abundant, then the HOAs almost always say yes, unless they're top-notch evil bastards like they are here at Tavistock, where they won't allow us to grow anything. When I say us, not me, but the people there to grow anything that produces food. Isn't that interesting? Tavistock, MK Ultra developers they say no food in the system because then while well, they lose control but here's the thing in permaculture we turn the problem into the solution the problem is the poisons the poison producers and the ignorant use of our land and our energy the solution is to get within that hoa and talk with these people and show them demonstrate to them what's possible and faith and courage are very important nowadays because they should not be able to, and I, we're not allowing them to stop us from using our resources wisely and building life into these systems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's <clears throat> HOAs have a special place in, in hell, I think for a lot of people. And it's populated with the type of people who would snitch on their neighbor for not wearing a mask. And so trying to talk sense and reason into them and, and, and present this beautiful solution 
oftentimes falls on deaf ears because I don't know, because they're idiots for some reason and that, they, you know, it's that the power seekers, the ones that, you know, are low status people who just want any power they can get. And maybe they're not good enough for elected office, but boy, we can be the rule, the iron, the, the HOA with an iron fist. <laughs> but it sounds like, so when you talk, when you think of food forests, you know, to me, that conjures up ideas of like, you need a big space in order to have a food forest. But what you're saying is that you don't probably, you don't need that big of a dwelling. Like you said, a quarter acre, which is what most, at least here in Florida, you know, residences reside on. Is that true? And so I'm in a a used shipping container that we converted into an office. And this is going to be my podcast room. I'm going to get sound absorbers on the walls and all this stuff. But So in the size of this, which is about seven and a half feet by about 10 feet, we could have two fruit trees, probably five or six berry bushes. We could have sweet potatoes and mushrooms, and we could have vines going up the walls if there's a fence. So in other words, in the size, any size, if you have two square feet, you can grow a plant that will give you life that will actually provide abundance and food for you. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So any size land that you have, start there. And then as you start seeing the yield from this natural system, then you'll just want more. So even like a, like an apartment dweller or something, you could, you could do something in a, like an apartment, like in their little patio or something like that? Yes, the, exactly. The cannabis industry has taught us how to grow in closets. You can turn your closet into a tomato and sweet potato and potato closet with some, you know, some flashy material and some, some simple lights and a fan with for 50 bucks, you could convert your closet into a grow room or your deck. You could build, I'm a huge fan of sweet potatoes and potatoes. Um, They've saved a lot of people from starving throughout the history of things. And there's the food supply chain is done by the way. Uh, it's gone. It's a matter of time before everybody recognizes this. Yeah. What What makes you say that? Well, you've probably heard about all of the food supply distribution centers that have been burned to the ground in the last two years. It's incredible and statistically significant. They, they've, I've seen charts where here's the normal amount of fires in these types of buildings. And it's like, it's because it's war. We're at war. And the first thing an enemy does in war is destroy the supply chains. Food is number one. An army fights on its stomach. Yeah. And well, and you also hear about Bill Gates buying up all the agricultural land as well. So uh, put it under his control and and, and then whatever he's going to do with it, either A, he's just going to hoard it for himself so that we can't have it or B, that's when you're going to start seeing the the Franken food, you know, oh, let's have your Beyond Burger and eat your bugs and everything, uh, synthetic food, which of course they're not going to eat, but we, you know, they expect us us to to chow down on. It's just nuts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you talk about, so if I've got like a, a quarter acre and you've got a forest and you're utilizing all that space, and 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 I presume most of what you're planting is it all mostly food something that bears food or fruit oh it's all functional so we plant nitrogen fixers which are plants like a lot of legumes and beans and peas that can provide food and or like our perennial peanut 
they have these beautiful little yellow flowers that are great garnishes. They're edible, they're nutrient dense, and they become a replacement for grass and they're way better. And they fix nitrogen. So you want your nitrogen fixers, you want your beneficial insect attractors, like flowers. We have flowers all over here. It's absolutely beautiful. Some are edible, some are not, but the butterflies and the bees love them. We got a butterfly and bee paradise. In fact, we put two little beehive boxes in about six months ago. We've already harvested from one of the boxes, 20 pounds of the best honey I've ever had in my life. Wow. That's so cool. And because I'm just, I'm just asking, because I'm trying to think like I've had a garden before and you know, I had 20 acres up in Montana. I didn't work the whole 20 acres, but you know, I, I had a little garden and everything. And, and you know, when you grow a garden and you realize all of a sudden you've got way more food than you could ever do with. So like, if you've got a whole forest, I guess. So you know, even if it's on a quarter acre, but are you going to be making way more food than you can actually even use? It's divinely abundant. And I'll give you a concept. You can count the seeds in a single apple, but you cannot count the apples in a single seed. It's epic. It's infinite. That's the nature of God's design or nature's design. And I love speaking at this from different perspectives because some people, when they hear the word God, they're like, oh, you're crazy. Some people, you know, it, it, what I'm sharing is the solution to psychopaths, to evil, to AI, to all of it at the same time, right? Victor Hugo said there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. This is the idea. The idea is simply enlightenment. It's a mind free of the coercion, manipulation, and control of governmente, which means mind control. And a mind free will then lead us to using our resources wisely. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something too about like the bug attractors and everything. Cause th th here's the other thing. I mean, we live in Florida, Florida is mosquito hell. And so what I don't want to do is if I build a food, food forest in my backyard, what I don't want is I don't want to not be able to walk through it because I'm going to, I'm getting bombarded by mosquitoes. And I've, I've had that happen before, like going to botanical gardens down in like Fort Lauderdale. And I walked in five minutes and walked right back out. And you know, because I was getting just bombarded with mosquitoes and by the time I got back out of the parking lot, I already counted. I had like 21 mosquito bites all over me. Oh. So I don't want that. That that to me would be a deal killer. I'm like, look, I, I mean, in a way, like, yeah. come on, can we? I love I, it. I can't, do, I can't deal with mosquitoes. So yeah. tell me, is it, would that be a concern? It, so it's the exact opposite. So in our food forest here, so we've got a cattle pasture. We've got kind of some marshland. And we've got a food forest down at the end of the property. It's a 50-acre kind of long, skinny property. And when I walk in the grassy area and in the cattle pasture area at certain times of day, the mosquitoes are there in force. There's parasites, just like the Rothschilds. They're parasites. They suck the energy out. And when I walk in the food forest, at the same time, the mosquitoes, it's one in a, it's definitely less than 10% of the amount of mosquitoes because we've got the beneficial bugs, dragonflies. Bat boxes are incredible for balancing out the mosquitoes. The mosquitoes, there's something to the frequency and vibration of the parasites where they balance out and they're not as prevalent in a diversified food forest as they are in the grass. In fact, another thing that people say is they say, I don't have time to maintain a food forest. So I had a debate this not too long ago with a guy who says, Jim, 
these things are more maintenance than you're at, than you're letting on. And so I, okay, I'm going to go out in my food forest and I'm going to take a video and I'm going to explain exactly how much maintenance we've had in the last 15 months. And I was looking around at these things called centropic rows. Now, if you're going to have a fancy landscape, then it's basically the same amount of maintenance as a landscape. But in this particular one, it's not fancy. It's just, we just put it in and we're letting it grow. And the only thing that we've done for maintenance in that food forest in the last 15 months is mow the lawn in the middle of the rows. Yeah. And, and that would be a concern, you know, because and, and what you try and impress upon people is that this is actually less work than your like traditional row garden or raised bed garden or something like that. And, and that's that's important to me because, well, and I don't know, I, I don't want to say I have a brown thumb, but I kind of do, at least with houseplants. I think I'm better at gardens than I am houseplants, but I can't keep a houseplant alive to save my life. I had a client last week that that gave me a beautiful impatience. They're, they're, um, they're snowbirds. And so he said, here, Haley, you have this. I'm going back up home, you know, to Minnesota. Why don't you take this big, beautiful, full, ripe, whatever, impatience. And I mean, I, I feel bad, but it's already like looking pretty sad and, 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 and scruffy. So I don't know. I, I'm like, it shouldn't be this hard. What? Sunlight, water, that's it. And yet I can never find the right ratio between sunlight and rot water and I kill all my houseplants. So what about people like me that maybe are not, you know, talented in this area? Yeah. Several layers <laughs> I want to speak to on that. The first one is if it were truly to save your life, that plant would be thriving. And what I'm talking about is the difference between life and death on our planet. Secondly, imagine, do you have any trees in your yard or any bushes? Uh, I, just like a, a one tree and some bushes along the, the hedge line, the, the, okay. the house. How much do you maintain those? None. Except, except for trimming them, maybe just giving them a trim, you know, like, yep. you know, with the hedge, hedge clippers. So imagine if those were food producing plants instead of ornamental plants. It would be yeah. the same exact amount of maintenance. The difference with permaculture design is you design in the system that takes care of itself. A guild is a community of plants that support each other and take care of each other. So when you design properly, and that's why the design piece of the puzzle is so important. When you design all of the guilds together in a way that support each other, you could literally walk away for 30 years, you come back 30 years later, and the primary and overstory trees and some of the understory plants that like this type of environment would be absolutely rocking and they would be prolific in their abundance. Some of the plants that maybe didn't, uh, maybe some of the shade got cut out and stuff, those would be competed out of the system. But when I'm talking about you can put a food forest in the ground and leave it forever and it will just get better and better over time. So for brown, so this sounds like perfect for, for people who maybe uh, don't have the time or the knowledge. I mean, you know, like I didn't grow up with this and, and you're right. And, and, and you're right because houseplants, I'm kind of like, I was able to keep my garden going. However, when I, when I knew that there was food that was going to result from it. So my garden was not nearly as sad and sorry as this big, beautiful impatience that I got that I've basically ruined since then. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. I promise. Uh, but <laughs> I'm trying at least, uh, cause I feel bad, but so, so that, that's good. So, so this is why it's part of the solution because it, it doesn't take like a monumental effort or at least the way that you're doing it. You don't have to come with some already 
predetermined knowledge base. You guys do the work for us. Is that correct? That's correct. We design it, which is the most important investment. In fact, I've got people now that we're getting out globally asking every day, how can we support your mission? And the best way to support our mission is by engaging us to help you be free, healthy, and abundant. It's the best investment in the world. And I'm putting my money where my mouth is. We've got, in fact, anybody listening, if you want to visit us at God's Landing, please do. Yes, please do. We now have Airbnbs. We are, in fact, there's some strategy components that I'd like to share with everybody. We are very strategic and tactical in our thinking because this is a military strategy as well as it is a loving strategy, a service to humanity. And this is the most profound military strategy that exists in the world today is inspiring a shift in awareness that leads to mass adoption of simply using our resources and our energy wisely. And then it gets deeper and deeper to serve is the ultimate way. And these systems are massively abundant producing. So there's no scarcity in our model. Our model is about service and then taking the yield, taking the surplus and strategically investing it back into the system. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling thing. For instance, we just uh, got off the phone with some amazing people and we're going to be putting food forests in 67 prisons in Florida. It wow. sounds like, knock on wood, I'm almost, not, I'm 90% sure this is happening because it's the most logical use and this has been proven. There was a prison system in California that put in a gardening program. Their recidivism rate for the inmates that practiced gardening and learned how to tend to, to crops and grow food went from over 60% to under 10%, saving California from that one program, $40 million. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's just one thing, right? Yeah. We're also building a school that will change the world. The, mm -hmm. the, the students in the school, a regular school, like taking people out of the public indoctrination system and putting them into the school, 25 students, their primary objective is to learn voluntarism and self-reliance, right? And what is voluntarism? It's another, another word for true capitalism, the voluntary exchange of value. And they're going to be producing their own service and their own food at, at, at the school. Then they're going to go into their parents' yards and design and install food forests for their parents and their families. Then they're going to go out into the community. This school will be actually profitable, creating a yield on every level. Within 18 months, the parents will no longer pay for students to go to school, but they'll actually be getting a surplus. And this yeah. is scalable. That's that sounds awesome, and and when I and I love what you're doing because like you are a, I call you a solutionary. You are actually somebody who's out there doing it, and I get so sick and tired. And this is why I started this podcast is I get so sick and tired of hearing the problems. I know what the damn problems are. We a lot of people are. Some people are still figuring it out, but for the most part, the people I roll with, we all know the the the, the problems. And the reason I started this podcast is because we didn't know what the solutions were. And here you are, Jim Gale, out there delivering. You are creating a solution. You are solving a problem, a big problem. And in a way that, like you said, you keep saying it's going to manifest abundance, manifest abundance. And, and that's amazing. Now, is your school, is that, is that Freedom Farm Academy or is that different from Freedom Farm Academy? So 
at the Freedom Farm Academy, we demonstrate and educate on freedom on every level. We bring in the healing modalities. We bring in teaching about how to create compost tea, right? Compost tea, you can go online and buy a gallon of compost tea for $30. Or you can get a plastic barrel and fill it up and put a tea bag in there and you can create 50 gallons of compost tea for five minutes of effort. <laughs> so we're demonstrating chickens and bees and honey and all the different permaculture principles at scale. And another layer to this that I'm excited to share with regard to the Freedom Farm Academy, which we're opening up all over the world, is we brought in, so it starts with the solution to all of the world's biggest problems. It's permaculture, it's nature, it's God's design, however you wanna look at it, which I believe are the same thing. Then the next layer is who's going to organize this. And that's where we've been working very strategically for quite a while. We have a team of amazing world changers that have come together. A lot of names that you know, we're going to have our deck out very soon. And we're going to be the council of 12, the organizers. Then the next level is the messaging, which is all coming through the organizers. The next level is the influencers like yourself taking the message to the world. And we've already got a commitment for $100 million. In fact, wow. we've had several. One looks like it's going to happen here in April. Uh, these things take a little bit of time, but looks like we'll have the money in May. But here's the investment. For anybody out there listening who has extra resources, the investment is into Freedom Farm Academies, which are food, water, and energy completely off-grid, self-reliant properties, that create an abundance of food during a food supply chain collapse. Yeah, so, and that's 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 the the twenty nine. That's the billion dollar question is because that's what we're all scrambling to do. Is even when you see it coming, like we can see this coming a mile away, a currency collapse. They're going to try and put us under their thumb. We've got the mark of the beast, whatever that they're going to put us under that beast system. How do we, you can see it, but what do you do about it? That's what I'm saying. What can we do? That's the name of the show. What can we do? I don't know. This sounds like the solution. And I am so excited about that. And I love, and I love your energy. I love your spirit. I love that you are so positive and, 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 and uh, upbeat, even in the face of all these kind of dreary, you know, bad things that are happening in the world. What do you attribute that to? Well, my awareness of the truth of the matter, the way I see it, right? I don't pretend to proclaim the truth for everybody else, but here's my experience. My experience is when I let go of fear, fear is the ultimate metaphysical control mechanism of the slave master. When I let go of the fear of the slave master and what they might do to me and proclaim, declared myself free on every level, right there. When I uh -huh. declared that, something happened. I was dead broke. I had maxed out my credit. I didn't have a job. I didn't have an income and I had a family to feed and I was burning about six grand a month. And then I, I can't explain it other than divine. Something happened where all of a sudden now the abundance is flowing. There, somehow I've been recognized and I know how it's took a long freaking time. And I, bit my, <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of learning lessons. And now the abundance is flowing and we're taking that abundance very transparently. For instance, we have no patents. We have no NDAs. We have no non-competes. We have one mission to inspire you all, everybody listening, to be leaders, demonstrators of faith and courage and abundance. Right? There's a frequency to faith and courage. There's an energy that surrounds this ideal 
of raising up out of fear and really saying, I do not comply with any form of tyranny anymore. And we very publicly do not pay income tax. We very publicly do not pay property tax. We don't ask the government for permission to do anything. And we do this strategically. We've got a network. We've attracted a network of generals and colonels and green rays and, and badass influencers and I mean, Emmy award winners. And they're all saying, this is it. So then next thing is if force and violence does come our way and they say, you are going to go to jail for not obeying the slave master, we're going to shine a spotlight on them with all of these resources on the individuals. And that's the key. The individual perpetrators of force and violence, they do not want to be exposed for their criminality because in their hearts, in their stomachs, in their soul, they know, I don't even know if they have souls, but you know what I'm saying? They don't want the light. They want to hide in the dark. So that's the next layer that we're coming together as a community. And we're saying, no, I do not comply on film. That's amazing. And I, I, I really want to have, because I know we're running out of time, but I, I, I want to have you back on because we've got so much more things to explore. And, and when, when I met you last week at the Crowd Resilience Tour, and one of the things that that perked, you know, piqued my attention and perked me up was you're talking when you said you, you don't pay taxes. And I'm like, whoa, that speaks to my libertarian heart. I missed hashtag taxation is theft and everything. And I'm like, well, I need to hear more about this because I don't want to pay taxes. These, as you call them, slave wages. And, uh, you know, talking about volunteerism. And I had a guy, I interviewed a guy from Volunteerism in Action a, a little while back. That's a true actual charity that um, gives direct donations because we want to live out our values, you know, people helping people and not relying on some of these scam charities and corporations to, to, to give. And so, but, you know, also what you just said there too, and I'm not sure the Council of 12, because that to me sounds very Anunnaki-ish. And I was listening to your podcast and with Michael uh, Tellinger, and uh, he mentioned, he brought up the, the Anunnaki and everything and these ancient civilizations, and they had a council of 12. And it all, you know, it, it, there's a big rabbit hole we could go down, and I just don't think we've got time for it right now. But I'd love to talk with you more about that and how it fits into current events. It seems like ancient history, but that ancient history is very much, very much key and central to what is going on right now and who rules our planet, who's taken over, whose spirit rules this planet. And it ain't who you think. I mean, it's a spirit of malevolence, but there's a big rabbit hole we can go down and I wish we had time for it, but we don't. Well, so, I'm looking forward to a future and I would like to invite you here so we can actually do the I next love, show yes. from here. Yeah, I've got a neighbor. Yeah, I would love, to, oh, that'd be great. And I, and I want to come because you're in St. Cloud. And um, I, I've got a neighbor, uh, too, who has actually already started talking about building a food forest. And I didn't really know what he meant by that. And I don't know if he's aware of you. But if not, I'm definitely going to, you know, I'm going to send him this podcast. And I, I, we might take like, uh, you're open for tours. Can you just show up? Or well, is it tours, any day? Yeah. Or? You know, let me by text. Oh, we have a, um, a tour. It's galtswalks.com. So G-A-L-T-S-W-A-L-K-S.com. So we do tours, but for you, just text me and then we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, that sounds great. So Jim, I want to give you the last word. The name of the show is what can we do, whether it's about food related or not? What do you think we can do to take on the evil spirits that are, you know, taking over the spirit of malevolence, the, the big problems that we've got, and then go ahead and plug all your stuff. Okay, awesome. So we are a team of designers, international designers and, and global uh, installers 
we would love to help you. The best way that you can serve the mission is by allowing us to help you be free and grow food. And on our website, foodforestabundance.com, we have a free strategy session. So anybody who was curious about how this might work for them, you can get online, you can go sign up for a free strategy session at foodforestabundance.com for 30 minutes, talking to a professional grower, asking them anything you wanna ask them. If you choose to have us help you with design to save time and money and energy and headaches, we would love to. If you just want to get knowledge so you can do it yourself, that's great too. That's our mission to inspire you to take action. That's awesome. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here interviewing people because I want to encourage and inspire people to take action and hopefully together we can unite and fight. That's what I aim to do. You also have a podcast. Do you want to talk about your podcast real quick? Yeah, uh, Jim Gale Show, and I'm going to change it to Seeds of Abundance. It's um, under Jim Gale Show right now, and we've got incredible speakers on there. Lots of neat stuff going on on all levels. Like, it's really, we've got TV shows happening. This film crews are coming out here like an average of once a week, and it'll probably be five times a week here within six months. It's The message is exploding in a very beautiful way. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to have all this listed on the show notes page, libertyalliancenetwork.com slash what can we do. Jim, it's been fabulous talking to you. Uh, keep being a light and a beacon uh, of hope and abundance in the world. And I look forward to uh, speaking with you again because I know we got a lot more to talk about. I know we do, Haley, and I can't wait to see you here. Have a good day, everybody. Uh, all right. Bye, Jim. Thank you. Yep. Ciao.